It is official. Kwesi, the Delfu Mensa, is in the building. We got our first impression, first press conferences, and I'm going to keep you up on all of the head coaching rumors here on the Lockdown Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 everybody to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen every single day. Today on the show, we've just got a lot to catch up on, so we're probably going to do that for the whole show. Um, we got head coaching rumors. Quasi Mensa did his first press conference. I think there's a lot we can glean from that. And then there's just some like philosophical stuff we learned from Adolfo Mensa that is, I think, important to delve into and decide, like, do we agree or not? Or not? It's stuff we kind of knew about him, but the press conference, I think, confirms it. Um, so I guess let's start with the interview. The first press conference that Quasi uh, Mensa has done in Minnesota as the GM. We finally heard him talk. We finally heard him kind of confirm or deny or whatever. Some of the things that we've been able to speculate, I mean, confirm, right? Because we basically have like two other interviews that he's done when he was a member of the Browns. But I mean, it's like people's George Payton's or people's Jamal Stevenson's don't exactly get in front of the media a lot. So we kind of only had those little quotes. It was nice to get media in front of him and get them to sort of ask, hey, what about this in analytics? And what about, you know, you not having a, a very, you know, orthodox background? And we've talked about it a little bit, but that's kind of the the first question he always gets is like, hey, you haven't worked in football a lot. How do you expect to run a football team when a lot of the people who work in this team, a lot of people who play for this team have been in the league for longer than you have? How do you expect to run a football organization when a lot of the people who work for that football organization, shoot, some of the people who play for that organization have been in football for longer than you have? I mean, if you count like college and high school and stuff, most of the players have been playing football for longer than Adolfo Mensa has been in a football front office. How do you reconcile that lack of experience with the responsibilities of the job? And I, I thought, and he has a lot of really, I think, well thought out answers to, to these questions that don't feel like, you know, excuse making or they don't feel defensive or anything like that. He says, I mean, A, he, he will kind of say, look, that that can be my advantage. I have a unique perspective, fresh take and all that. But also it, it encourages you to think in a certain way. And I really like this where it, it encourages you to think about what can I learn from the person who's sitting at the table with me right now? And he also he talked a lot about like kind of checking ego at the door and all that stuff, which is always, you know, great to say. Um, but it's something about, you know, hey, if, if I'm talking to you and I try to embody this a lot on the show, I don't think I do a perfect job of it all the time. Uh, but here's a, a philosophy that I really agree with. And I think it, it, it leads to the best conversations. If you and I disagree on something, it is so much easier to have a conversation about that if we come at it from the angle that we both are, I think the way he said, if you know, if we're both coming at it like from a pure place, if you're both pure about it and, you know, you you truly in your heart of hearts have this opinion. If I say I don't really like her cousins and you say I do like her cousins, if you have that take, for, you know, pure good faith, it's just what you think. And I don't we are going to have a better conversation about that 
than if one of us says, yeah, I think you only think that because of ego, or I think you only think that because you want to put people down, or I think you're only saying this because you want, you know, clicks or something. I get that a lot. You're only really saying this because you want like more listens on the show. I'm like, no, everything you hear on this show, 100% just what I think. And you're always, always welcome to disagree with it. And I think that I don't know. I love that mentality. I've tried to have that mentality here. And it's cool to see somebody come in in charge of my favorite team and say something that I believed in for a long time. I think the other thing that he gets a lot is uh, about like analytics and analytics in football has become something of a buzzword. Right. Um, But what like what is actual analytics in football? And I I want to try to divorce it from analytics in the way we typically see it. And I'd like the lion's share of analytics that is publicly put out there that gets think pieces written about it that you have probably been exposed to exists on what I'll call the fringes of the game. Things like a fourth down or a two point conversion decision, a little edge and win probability there. Um, but really, it's not the the heart of hearts uh, of the game or something like a run pass ratio where it's like, yeah, there's probably an edge to be gained by optimizing that. Um, but there are a lot more things to think about with your play sequencing that are going to influence that and, and are more important than that, um, that are not as and there's analytics for those things, too. But those particular things I'm talking about, like play sequencing and how to utilize formations and when to flip to no huddle if they have the wrong personnel out there. I'm sure there's analytics for all that stuff, but that doesn't get as much press. And so, I mean, that's my take on analytics. But for him, he kind of said, like, look, the difference between like a football guy, like a scout, and he has worked a lot with scouts um, and kind of but like with the intention of learning from them, it's not like hands on scouting experience. It's more, you know, sitting there and kind of getting I think he called it scouting boot camp. Um, And, you know, looking at a scout, like what's a scout's job? It is to watch a player or many players, but watch a player. And write down your observations about that player and then compile that into a scouting report that then tells the GM or whoever above you, hey, here's is this player good at football? Here's his traits. Here's what you need from him. Here's what he'll need to be good, whatever you're asked for. Right. So it's about taking observations, evaluating a player. And it's it's a data gathering job when you're a scout. You're not necessarily tallying things up or gathering numerical data but you are still gathering data. You're still gathering facts about a guy, even if those facts come from you watching and saying, oh yeah, he's got really good ups and he can catch a contested catch really well and I like his routes are smooth. You know, things that aren't really quantified observations, but that's still data. And essentially, Adolfo Mensis says, analytics is the same thing. It's just quantified and has a little bit more specificity to it. And that's fine. Um, but those... I'll call them gut check judgments still have a place in the sport that, you know, he runs smooth routes. There's not route smoothness over expectation. That's not a metric, but it's still like a smooth route, like on a search route or something, meaning you can change direction without losing a lot of speed and you can find those little um, or you can like control your acceleration appropriately, maybe is a better way to put it. Um, if you just tried to measure that with like next gen stat speed data, you might say, oh, his speed's slowing down. But knowing when to slow your speed down on purpose and stuff is a real skill that's really difficult to measure and do math with, because what's the context? When are you supposed to slow down? How do you input that into the algorithm? Um, and so there are points where you need that kind of scout's eye thing that just says, no, I just watched it and he's good at it. And then we can just say that. And if we put it on a scale of zero to hundred, if you really, really have to, but I don't even think that's necessary. Like if he's good at running routes, running search routes, he's good at it. But when it comes to, can he high point the ball really well? 
well, maybe the vertical jump comes into play and becomes part of that analysis. But we also need to see, does he have the skill? Can he high point the ball and catch it? Or can he just jump high and come down with an incompletion, right? Um, so the, the, the things working in tandem is always going to be where they are at their most powerful. And I think most people who are reasonable about like film versus analytics would agree with that. I don't think that's a very controversial take at all. Um, but Duffelman's, I think, did a good job of explaining exactly that. You should really watch the press conference. I think it's it's a very good uh, primer for, I think, what sort of mentality and philosophy the Vikings are going to have here for the next however many years. Um, I want to keep talking about this, but first, let me tell you about my new favorite app. Get Upside is a lovely app that saves you money on gas. And who doesn't want to do that? Just go to whatever gas station the app tells you uh, is participating. It's a free app, by the way. Don't have to pay for the app. And then it'll tell you what gas stations around you work. Go fill up there. Take a picture of your receipt. Upload it to the app. And you get like uh, 25 cents off a gallon when you fill up. You get that on your first fill up with, with promo code touchdown. Then you get up to 25 cents a gallon for the rest of your fill ups as well. There's no catches that you can direct deposit that money whenever you want it takes like a day or two to process that's it and then you can put it in your bank you can put it in an amazon gift card or whatever if you want however whenever you want no catches it's just cash back when you buy gas who would not want this go do get upside go get the app why what are you waiting for now go get it and then you can take that savings and you can gramble with it. So you can go to the, the best one-stop shop for all things grambling. That is betonline.ag. Conference championship games coming up. I will absolutely be live betting all of them and probably will do some player props as well. It's very, very fun to bet on, you know, two, over 2.5 Patrick Mahomes touchdowns um, or o- over on uh, Matt Stafford rushing yards is a good bet. Those kinds of props. So you can live bet. Wait for one team to get down 10 points and say, I think they're going to make a comeback and then bet on them, you know, plus nine and a half and see if they uh, close the gap at all. That's a really fun way for me to get an extra stake in these games. You can also do the same thing. You can bet on hockey or basketball, golf, tennis, MMA, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Enter promo code locked on when you sign up, by the way, and you can get a 50% welcome bonus. That means whatever you deposit, half of that gets matched and pops directly into your account. That is Promo code locked on L O C K E D O N all one word at betonline.ag. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. Go check out the uh, Peacock and Williamson podcast. They're gonna be at the Super Bowl for Super Bowl week, which is really cool. They're gonna be like on the ground giving you information and stuff. So go check that out. It's a daily NFL podcast here on the Locked On Network. Let's keep going with this introductory thing with our new GM. Um, there is something that he said when, in regard to this whole analytics conversation that. Uh, kind of sticks in my mind a way that he put it um, because he 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 was asked like you're an analytics guy and he says well I never use analytics I think that's going to be a catchphrase we get annoyed with eventually <laughs> um, but he says he doesn't use the word analytics um, what he does is commonly recognizable as what we usually refer to as analytics um, but he says it's just data it's just using evidence and being like evidence based and and the way he said is he said I'm empirically minded I love that empirically minded um, you know empirically like just take evidence make decisions and that's the way to do it and he's very much about gathering as much evidence as possible now when we like at the outset of all of this um Mark Wilf the day that Zimmer and Spielman got canned came out in front of everybody, all Vikings fans, and said, we're looking for collaborators and communicators. Adolfo Mensa was talking about that, and, and he talked about like how he likes to listen to people. He likes to gather um, that sort of information. Um, it kind of reminds me of something when we were talking about Raheem Morris last week, if you want to go check that one out. 
Um, there is a lesson he learned from Mike Shanahan that's very sim similar. That's like, hey, if you and I both have the same opinion on this, then only one of us needs to be in the room. Diversity of opinion. Um, for example, the entire committee that hired Adafa Mensa was not unanimous on him. Some people wanted Ryan Poles, and they didn't end up getting to actually make that choice because Poles chose Chicago, whatever. Um, but it's still interesting. You know, there's different perspectives and, and, and people that prioritize things differently, that think differently. Everybody is kind of their own human. And uh, taking in as many of those perspectives as possible is, I think, a really healthy mindset. Now, he's not going to be like super deferential to everybody else and then never make any decisions, right? He still, I think, understands that he's the authority figure. Uh, but I think that's just a healthy relationship to the people around you, especially as somebody who is relatively inexperienced, who has not exactly the most football guy experience. But don't take... So Andrew Barry um, has been absolutely raving about this guy. And he's like, we're so proud of Quasi. You're going to love him. I love this guy. And they're like besties, right? And he kind of spoke to this and he said, like, don't mistake this guy for just an analytics like numbers nerd. This dude can watch film with the best of them. This dude has all the knowledge in the world. But I think what I get from him and I think he's proven this over his career um, and I probably undersold this, but this might be the biggest reason that he was number one on my list when I first came out with the eight GM candidates and I did that whole big ranking episode. Quasi was number one. And the biggest reason is because he to me, he reads like a learner. And there is no skill. This is life advice from the kid you copied off in math class. There is no skill in the entire world that will be more valuable to you than learning, because that will lead you to pick up whatever other skill you think might be more valuable. If you are a good learner, the world opens up. And to me, reading into his career and reading into his comments and stuff, he's somebody that not only values being able to learn, but somebody who embodies that and, and is able to pick up things and learn and be a sponge. He talks about asking why all the time and say, yeah, we'll get this guy, but, but why? What is the why? And then taking the information he learns from that and then being able to apply it to other situations. And that's how he gains experience. It is so paramount to be kind of critically thinking about everything. I think a big critique that I've had of the Vikings in, uh, past years has been that they kind of just do you know what you do and they kind of just do whatever the like default move would be we extend the guy because he's good enough you know we'll, we'll just give him a contract it's you know it's it's just what you do you have a player that's playing well you give him a contract but in some cases you know maybe they shouldn't have extended anthony barr another time or or dalvin cook or whatever and i happen to agree with both of those decisions but a lot of people don't and maybe they have an argument right um and instead of being empirically minded, they were, I think, traditionally minded. This is just the way it goes, and we do it. Um, and I, I, I hope that that kind of thing, you know, that the Vikings can be a little bit more um, critical about those sorts of decisions. So I'll link the whole thing in the show notes, the whole presser, if you want to go watch it. And I do recommend watching it. I, I think he's, he's got good insight, and I think it's good to familiarize yourself with this. Um, but I also want to switch gears and talk a little bit about head coaches. He was asked about head coaches. He kind of, uh, he was mum about the whole thing. He said, ah, we'll look at it later, and I'm going to ask the players what they want and all that stuff. Um, no extra interviews ended up going out on Thursday, at least not as of me recording this. So we'll see if anything else comes over the weekend or if we find out who the head coach will be. There's some rumors and stuff, which I will talk to you about. 
But first, let's talk about an absolutely delicious protein bar. It is resolution season. New year, new us, we say to ourselves as we wake up with a late night chocolatey craving. But Built Bar can be your solution. It's like 130 calories, four grams of sugar. Compare that to an actual candy bar um, of like similar size would be like 300 calories and like 30 grams of sugar just totally knock you off the wagon. But Built Bar ain't going to do that. It's got like 17 grams of protein and it can be like a thing you have after a workout too, but it tastes like a candy bar. It's going to trick your stupid little lizard brain that thinks it's into into thinking that it's having a chocolatey treat and totally cheating, but you don't have to have any of that guilt. Comes in a bunch of different uh, flavors that are all delicious. Salted caramel, chocolate raspberry, chocolate cherry. Um, I think there's a cookies and cream one that's part of the main series. They also have some limited time flavors that come around on the website every once in a while as well. So head on over to built.com and to promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you can get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCKED15, all one word, at built.com. All right, so let's talk about uh, head coaches. It is very difficult to track all this in real time and know what is a rumor and what isn't. So what I'm giving you right now is this is not my sourced information. I don't have sources. I'm not a reporter. I'm just aggregating what I saw. All I can really give you is a lot of wishy-washy statements from people that, hey, this is a name I've heard kind of whispered around and it's not necessarily... Uh, this person is a front runner in the clubhouse or blah, blah, blah. It's just, oh, somebody mentioned that this guy had a good interview. Like, what does that mean? Right. And they haven't even scheduled second interviews yet, which is usually how we find out who the finalists are. Um, but I'm sourcing this from various people, uh, Jeremy Fowler at ESPN, uh, Darren Wilson at KSTP. Um, I think Matthew Collars has contributed some of this, um, at Purple Insider. So there's a lot of different sources, all kind of, uh, blobbing together into this one big giant monster of rumor. All of that said, here's where we stand. The Vikings had eight candidates that they had um, interviewed the first time. Th- their names are, in no particular order, um, Kellen Moore, Jonathan Gannon, Nathaniel Hackett, Kevin O'Connell, Dan Quinn, Todd Bowles, Raheem Morris, and D'Amico Ryans. We've already talked about some of those in depth. And there are a couple of them who are now off the list. Nathaniel Hackett took the Denver job, so he's going to be the guy in Denver. In fact, some head coaching dominoes have already fallen elsewhere. Sounds like Byron Leftwich has taken the Jaguars job. And Matt Eberflus, who was not really on the Vikings list at all and wasn't really on anybody's list here in Minnesota. Byron Leftwich, some people wanted him, but the Vikings never looked at him. Maybe because it was just a given that he was going to go take the job of his old team. Uh, maybe not. Maybe they just genuinely weren't interested. And in that case, we can evaluate them on that. But... Um, also, I mean, he kind of took that job before Quasi was even in, so it probably just didn't work out, but Iberflus also took the Bears job. Nobody really had him. So those dominoes are beginning to fall, um, but there's still a lot of openings. There's still a lot of candidates around. So Nathaniel Hackett's off the list, as is Dan Quinn, who, uh, sounds like he's going to return to Dallas. He's not going to take any of these jobs. So that's part of it. So we are down to six interviewed candidates, Gannon, O'Connell, Ryans, Morris, Bowles and Kellen Moore. Um, also, Kellen Moore, There, there's a little whisper around that Kellen Moore isn't uh, going to take any of these jobs and he's also going to return to Dallas. I wasn't able to verify that. Um, and I kind of saw it only like third hand The somebody said, somebody said, somebody said kind of thing. Um, so grain of salt there. But he also hasn't really been mentioned a lot. 
as compared to the other candidates. So I don't know if his interview even went that well. So to me, in terms of likelihood, he would be a little bit more of a long shot. But I don't know. I mean, have I caveated enough yet? I, I don't take my word as for that as law by any stretch of the imagination. Could be exactly wrong there. Um, but that leaves us with a few front runners, I'd say, in the clubhouse, which are the names I see as... You know, who do you think it would be? Well, my guess would be that's the kind of reporter. That's what Darren Wolfson does. I think that's what Collar did. Like, my guess would be that these are the guys that had the best interviews or whatever. And those are D'Amico Ryans and Raheem Morris, who we've already talked about in depth, and Kevin O'Connell, who I talked about in a little bit of depth last week. Um, those three are the ones that seem to be the most oft mentioned names. That doesn't mean Todd Bowles is out of the running or Jonathan Gannon by any stretch of the imagination. Sounds like Jonathan Gannon was nailing interviews left and right. So that totally could have people in the organization that are high on him. Um, but Ryan's Morris and O'Connell seem to be the guys. The other thing about this though, I, and it's sometimes it's hard to tell because it's not specified in the way that they talk about it. I don't know if the reporters are saying, you know, sources are telling me that D'Amico Ryans did a really good job and that the people are high on him and that he has a good shot to get the job. Um, or if they're saying, well, D'Amico Ryans was there in 2016 and 2017 when Quisi was at uh, San Francisco, so they might have a connection. And like some people said that there was like a Yale connection with Patrick Graham. Maybe that's a guy. Um, and I guess on that, uh, Patrick Graham came up late on Thursday as a name possibly that could be added to the list. Again, it's unclear by the way that was a Jeremy Fowler thing and the way Fowler put it, it's unclear to me if that's as a head coach or as a possible defensive coordinator, if they hire Kevin O'Connell, but Patrick Graham, because they are changing head coaches, there's a decent shot that Patrick Graham doesn't keep his DC job. Um, so if he becomes a free agent there, then maybe he would join the Vikings, maybe as a DC, maybe as a head coach for whatever it's worth. I think that would be a really cool thing to happen as a defensive coordinator, because when Zimmer and Spielman built the current iteration of the defense with Dalvin Tomlinson and Michael Pierce, who are still under contract, the secondary isn't really, but that's, I think, a little bit more universal. Um, but with the front and the way the front is constructed, it is constructed after Patrick Graham's defense. So it would make a lot of sense to bring him in to run the defense as a head coach. I kind of have to defer how I feel about that. I want to research. I don't really know much about how he is as a leader and how he is as a manager and how he is at orchestrating things. And a lot of the stuff I talked about yesterday with D'Amico Ryans, I don't know how he fares in those things. So I would have to look more into it. And I don't know what, what my feeling is on that yet. But as a defensive coordinator, I would be very, very much. And I, I have talked about Patrick Graham a ton over the last year. I love Patrick Graham as a de defensive play caller. I think he's very ahead of the curve. He's um, figuring out these wide zone things that are still, I mean, San Francisco, Rams, Titans, Packers, all of the teams that are people are hiring out from under right now our wide zone teams. And that means it's going to just continue to spread even more. And I think Patrick Graham's somebody on the cutting edge of solving it. Um, so I, I would love that as a defensive mind. There's more to being a head coach. So I got to see if I like that or not. I, I don't know. I genuinely don't have an answer. So that was also a name that was kind of put out there. Um, I, if you've been listening for the last week or so, you know how I feel about the other candidates. Of course, Raheem Morris is my number one. I like him a lot. D'Amico Ryans. I think I could talk myself into it, but I don't think I would be very excited. I'd be, I would definitely have some skepticism and I'm not a fan of Kevin O'Connell at all. If you want more of the reasonings behind all that, you're going to have to go to two old episodes, but either way, and here's where I'll leave you. Um, I, don't take anything that I said here as it's going to happen. We all fall into the probability trap sometimes. 
where, you know, an 80% chance of something happening means the thing is going to happen. Not that it's going to happen four out of five times, but the 80% that will happen and a 10% chance that will not happen. But that, of course, that's not how probability works. And I think we get that in reports sometimes. We say, oh, yeah, you know, D'Amico Ryan's leader in the clubhouse. And we go, okay, let's all get our D'Amico Ryan's things. Let's start watching tape. It's going to be Ryan's. It's a done deal. It, no deal is done. And I think when it, especially when it comes to trying to wait for leaked stuff to come out or sourced stuff to come out. I think sometimes we treat it as though there is somewhere a hidden answer. Somebody already knows who the head coach is going to be. And we're just waiting for that to leak. And they don't. As of this recording, at least. And of course, it's a dynamic situation that's going to change over time. We do not know. And they do not know who the head coach is going to be. They haven't had second interviews yet. They haven't made the call. They can have people that they kind of favor right now. But honestly... When I wake up in the morning, sometimes my thoughts on this change and I would not put it past somebody in the decision making process to have that same bias and that same difficulty. So whatever they said one day might not even be the way they feel the next day. It's all very fluid and dynamic. And this is a time where I promise you, you're going to enjoy this process a lot more if you refrain from trying to guess and predict and say, I think it's going to be this guy. Because I saw that. I saw somebody had an Instagram like, and it's going to be Kevin O'Connell because somebody said, don't go through that guessing game. Don't try to Nancy Drew it. Um, just relax. If you if you want to obsess over the head coach thing because it's exciting and it's fun, who's the next coach going to be? What's the, the next vibe going to be? I totally get that. I mean, shoot, I do a daily podcast on it. It's very fun. To me, I have a lot more enjoyment in saying, would I like this guy or not? And what the odds of him being the head coach or not are, I, I can't really understand until, you know, I'm a insider beat guy with sources or whatever. And I'll just let those people do their work. For me, I want to decide if I like a, a guy or not. So for me, my energy is going to be focused there. That's where this show is going to be. And I am so excited to take you along on the ride. We are going to talk again till Monday. And things are going to change. So if you want, check out the YouTube channel. Sometimes when news drops, I'll do a, a little YouTube short over there. Um, or just Twitter at Luke Braun NFL or at Locked on Vikings. You can find um, me talking about stuff there to keep up with things because we're not going to talk now for a couple of days, but we'll be back on Monday to pick up whatever goes on over the weekend and do a little mock draft Monday as we always do. In the meantime, check out the Locked on Bets podcast to help you get your gramble straight for championship weekend. I will see you all tomorrow. And as always, skull.